Welcome to Authors in Chains, by writers, for writers. Hosted by J.R. Ryu, Rob Davies, Glacia Kronk, and Ray Bailey. Welcome back. Today on Authors in Chains, we'll be discussing reviews, the pros and cons, as well as giving a status update on future episodes and interviews. Today, talk about reviews, ways to get them, why we like them, why we hate them. Sorry, Rob. Wow. Has a whole <laughs> review, so let's start with Rob. No, no, oh, no. Yeah. Let's start with you. Give us the give us the positives and and okay. give folks so, the rundown on reviews, and then I'll come back and shit on it right before we end. How's that? Okay. So, so um, in this day and age, with self publishing being such a big thing, um, one of the issues that comes up a lot is poor editing, um, the lack of like reviewing their work and going back through and you know improving it it's like they they shit on my stuff it's because there can be only one you guys are distracting me let let her go she's (laughs) trying i was fighting back with my lethal back scratcher don't mess with me again mister this is the highlander sword Ooh, that's very nice jr is trying to make a serious point Sorry, I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. Go, please. I'll shut up. Go ahead, JR. In 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 with people self-publishing, a lot of them are just writing up something and putting it out. They've gone through no process of editing. They've gone through no process of refining. They don't even bother to do grammar and spell checks. And without reviews where people are warning you, hey, by the way, they didn't edit this and it's a complete fucking clusterfuck. It's not just one review that you look at, but multiple ones. And if you see three, four, five people giving the same complaint, then you know there's a problem. And frankly, I ain't got time to be reading shit that I have to translate because somebody didn't write it out correctly. And And there's two ways to look at it. There's the customer viewpoint and the author viewpoint. And both can be used as good tools. As a customer, I always read reviews when I go on Amazon and buy something. If I'm buying a new set of speakers, I'm going to go look at the reviews. I'm going to go read through them. Now, if there's one review that says it's a complete pile of flaming crap and there's 20 reviews that say it's great, then I'm going to err on the side of great because that's what most people are saying. You're always going to have the outlier when it comes to reviews. Yeah, it's the same thing with buying it like clothes. You look at the reviews to tell you if they're if they're the right size, if, they, if they're size small if the material is scratchy and all those things, it's the same way with books. And then you've also got all the sales algorithms. There are things like Amazon don't even fucking put your book up into a noticeable category necessarily if you don't have at least 50. That's correct, 50 reviews. That's the part that I'm not thrilled about. Um, I can understand where that's a bad thing. But from, from an author... I read reviews. I read what customer. I even put it. I mean, we even did it before. Where we actually, I actually put it in the books. I don't know if I've got one here that has it. Hold on, let me check. You know, I think it's the. Uh, do I have that? Re- yeah, on the back end of my book. Don't forget to review. You know, oh, that's a good I'll- idea. Yeah, well, that way, you know, somebody goes, oh, hey, I read the book. And you can blame me for that. She actually came up with it. It was a great idea. So that I have a good it. good idea. Well, and I that's have it what we do on WhatPad. 
when when we write on Wattpad and ink it, yeah. we usually leave a comment either at the end of the chapter or at the end of the story. Please forget to review or comment on, you know, what you think. And sometimes those are really important. Well, you know, okay. I've I've had people point out errors that I made. It's like, oh, by the way, you spelled this wrong or shouldn't this say this instead of this? And I'm like, fuck. Thank you for pointing that out. I'm going to go fix it. I mean, from, there you are got that in a review. Yeah. There are yeah. bad reviews. Yeah. I mean, I've had I've, constructive reviews. I've had some bad, mostly good, but it's still the review process lets you know what people like, what people don't like, you know, how they feel about your story. Cause we write them. We get people. Sometimes we know to read them, sometimes beta readers, but really a complete stranger taking a look at your book and going, I really liked it except for X. And you have 12 people who say that, you now have a constructive criticism you can use to kind of as a litmus test of what you can do to alter your book to make it better for your fans if you decide to. Yeah. I mean, okay, wait, time out. Let's, let, me, let me jog left just for a moment. So oh, I want to make it clear. My sword. Well, hold on. You won't need a sword. Uh, uh, I, wanted to, I want to establish a little deviation in terms. There is a difference between a review and a rating. Yes. Yes. And so, I, so I, I will. Um, I am willing to amend my hatred of reviews and but distrust of them because they are so incredibly subjective, and I'm not sure worth a damn. Star ratings are worse. I would rather have a review when somebody tells me what they thought of the book. That's fair. I have yep. no problem with that. But a star rating is no better for one person than that it is for another. And, and the problem is, start. is that the person who gives you a five because they think it's the greatest book in the world, and, uh, juxtaposed with the person that gives you a one star and says, this is a horrible piece of shit. Who's right and who's wrong? And here's the hard answer authors don't want to hear. Both of them. Yes, Both because, are everybody, because yeah. it's individual as it could possibly be. To me, that is not in any way, shape, or form, enough of a, a the small t ain't working for me. Statistically, it's insignificant. I if agree you with like you that. on the ratings because, frankly, I have seen things that are awesome rated one or two stars. And I'm, yes, when I go to rate something, I'm like, because they make you click the number of stars, and I'm like, well, which wish if you know I need like half points and quarter points and because yeah. you know this is maybe not quite a five star book, but it's better than a four star, you know. So you're just kind of stuck picking something just because you, that's how you have to do it to give your review on some sites. And let me half ass. Let me half ass. Uh, it's not quite a theory. I will call it a hypothesis at this point. Is if for if for some reason somebody in publishing land, the publishing gods said, "Oh no, you don't. We're we're done with this shit," and they prohibited ratings or reviews online. Let's just say reviews are not for you, regular reader, because it didn't used to be for a long, long time. Right. If that was true. And, and, and I'm, I'm going into the land of supposition on purpose. If they took ratings and star reviews away and obliged you to open up 
the first three chapters, which you can do electronically, no problem from those retailers. Even on our site can do that. Exactly. You can you can have a look and see straight away whether you have somebody who knows what they're doing or a shitbag who isn't interested in spelling or grammar or mechanics. That is the way it used to be. I'm older than all of you by a leap and a bound. When I went into a bookstore in the 80s as a 20-something, I would look through it and decide for myself, this is interesting, it's not, and I would either put it back because it wasn't or I would take it up and pay for it. If it turns out I don't like the book later, that is on me. That's my problem. That's not the author's problem. I read enough to know whether it was interesting or not. And if if I bought it, then... uh, caveat emptor if i don't like it later that doesn't mean that i need to go out and attack it if i thought it's the greatest book in the world it doesn't mean that i need to go out and champion it that's not my role did i enjoy it did i not enjoy it ratings that's a load of horseshit who are you to tell me it's a one star to a five star you didn't yeah. write this piece of shit and, and so it, it i get and the outlier part is a problem it's never that good it's never that bad you're really going to average okay fair argument Come back and see me after a thousand people do this. My sample size is trustworthy. At twenty to fifty people, not even close. Exactly. And I can see that. But so that's what I wanted to get you guys to discuss. I, I'm, I'll shut up now. But what if there were no star ratings <clears throat> and reviews were not available to anybody out in the the safety of, and anonymity of internet land? If you did away with them, would that destroy the self-publishing industry? I don't know. I'm asking a question. It could cause some issues. It could seriously well, cause yeah, some issues. It's, I mean, not necessarily the readings, well, but the, the reviews themselves, because people are a little more leery if they don't know what other there is a group think thing here you are more likely to like something if you notice that other people like it too that's a problem to me that is a big problem for me well that's because we're independent thinkers we don't think in that way well let let me let me run it a little differently because i understand both sides of the coin now from an independent publishing standpoint it would affect it i have absolutely no absolutely 100 percent faith it would be detrimental to the independent publishing industry because back in the day in the 80s when i was you know a preteen pilfering skin mags from crown books in maryland um, you know, when I did actually buy a book, <laughs> who the publisher was meant something more because really that was the only badge of quality you had on a book was the publisher and the author. You had nothing else to go by. In the age of independent publishing, all we have to go by is what everybody else says about the book, really. So you take away that and that would affect independent publishing because well, if you don't know it, you're less likely if it's a hardcover to go spend 20 bucks, hell, even two bucks on a book, unless you're feeling adventurous that day. So I really think with the rise of reviews came the rise of independent publishing. And but I do reviews, think it would affect it. Reviews have always existed. I have been yeah, buying hardbacks. To get one access to one immediately versus one from an advertisement three months later is yeah, different. Well, reviews. no, I'm about in the old, back in the 80s and shit, when we were buying all kind of hardcovers because they were better than paperbacks because paperbacks tore and shit. Uh, right. There was always on the cover flap, you know, the, the, the paper cover, there was always a review by several 
people that work for newspapers or groups that review books. So we've always had reviews. It's just that it's changed and it's not necessarily the best change. That's my point. I, and, and let's, let's be honest in the eighties, there, there was no such thing as self-publishing. You were, uh, there were a hell of a lot fewer authors in those days than there are now. Or I should say authors who got a book published. Yeah. So I have a, I have a publisher. I have, I have editors, plural, so I'm not nervous about the quality of my stuff when it goes out, but I sure enough understand the problem with someone who go, who self-publishes electronically up to Amazon. It doesn't care one way or the other about if it's a good book or not. We haven't even got to that. If it's well, terribly poorly written, process. it's going to be it's going to be in the same bucket. But here's my point: there are still even, Nazis who ping my book, and I have I've had it edited. So well, so hold on, the. A mechanism to look into, look a few pages into it. It isn't any different if you self-published than if you, if I, if I go my route with a traditional publisher. You can still determine for yourself whether or not a the the story is interesting and have if it has shit content, you're going to see it kind of soon if it's not, if it's poorly written, and then you can pass before you ever buy it. How in the world does the independent publisher self-publishing world suffer because of uh, if reviews were withdrawn? You still have the opportunity to make the choice for yourself as a reader. Because reviews draw attention. They do. Straight up. I mean, I I just put out an ad for Audible. I posted two of the reviews. So on the ad. Um, and, And that's kind of engaging for a lot of customers. They want to see stuff like that. And they do? They, yeah, they yes. do. They okay. really do. They, they want to know they what other people that. think. Well, that, then that tells me that they're mentally deficient pieces of shit who need to learn how to read. I'm so sorry, who's the Well, honey, up until recently, that I didn't know you that you could look at a few okay. pages of a book online. I didn't know that until I was working on the website and the app that I use, uh, the plugin I use to put our books on the site, um, actually has all that and I fuck I didn't know it happened. I didn't know that was there. It never occurred to me. Because if you click on one of the books on the site, it pulls up a page at the very bottom, there's a thing that you can scroll and read the first few pages. Shit, I didn't know that existed. That's uh, there's cool. probably a lot of people that, that don't. But so you're saying that that doesn't extend to everyone when they go to Barnes and Noble or if they go to Amazon to look at a book. Did I mean at this point though? Don't they know that they can peek a few pages and have a look? Not necessarily. I okay. shop Amazon all the time. I didn't know. No, that's, I a, see. that's surprising to at me. Course, I just look it at is to me too. Like, I would have thought. When you go to look at a book, when you go to look at a book. Regardless of whether it's a Kindle edition or a paperback, I mean, 98% of, of the books, when you go to the page to just look at them, above the thumbnail of the cover, it says, look inside. You crack yep. it open, you get like, I mean, it depends. I have mine set to 10%. You can read the first 10% of my of my book on, on there. And you can expand it to be you know, up to a certain amount of chapters or only a few pages, or you can do random content. You know, so, yeah, I mean, like, there there definitely is the opportunity to pick up a book and, and, and flip never. through it. But, <clears throat> I never unfortunately, kind of mm. to go along with what JR is saying, though, like, 
people aren't even going to, you know, do the cyber pick up and flip through thing unless you have a number of reviews, both a quantity of reviews and a quality of reviews in terms of stars that makes you seem legitimate. You know, they legitimize you in a, in a really unfortunate way. I will so say it's confidence to the, to the reader I, that other yeah. people have read this book and liked it. Right, I mean, well, that's the thing. They, they look at it, they go, oh, this is worth my time just to crack the cover. You know, yes. that's the thing. Then they make their own decision past that. Well, I mean, let's look at how they look at a book. They're coming across. They see a book. They're going to look at the cover. That's their first judgment. Yeah. Title, second judgment. Mm -hmm. Third, yeah. they're going to look at that star review, even though Rob hates it. How many stars does it have? How many reviews? <laughs> then they might or might not read those reviews. And they'll look at that and go, from this, okay, I'll try the book. Yep. Yes. You know, it's always see, a checklist. I'm guilty, of, I'm guilty of that when going through programs. If yeah. a program has a low star review, I don't even fucking bother with it yep. because enough people have, and I do check to see how many out of those people, how many voted. So I know if it's like 20 people voted and they gave it two stars, well, maybe they don't know what the fuck they're doing. But, but that's if 200 the, people vote well, and it's got two stars, then I know this is a piece of shit program and I'm not going to bother with it. I'm going to look for something better. Well, we, I wonder we know how many people do, though. Let's hear. Does anyone know when you guys go through analytics? Ray pays attention to this stuff. Jr., you're really good with analytics. Is there some way to really know how many people buy a book? For example, if you just find one retail outlet and you discover how many people bought a book, if it was a hundred people, how many people? They know how many people bought the book, how many people reviewed it. I'll bet you it's About a very small minority. One to three percent. One yeah, to three percent. I have, I have two point five percent. So that yeah, so that tells you three percent on average. Arithmetically, you, you that will tell you right away the reviews and the stars on the grand scale are worthless. They're not helping. They, they maybe not be hurt. Maybe they're not hurting, but I don't see how they help. It, with such a, a tiny sample size and B such a, a, a low ratio of purchase to, to well it to does, well, it does tell you how how popular that piece is let me give you an example if I'm looking at Kindle Unlimited and I see the Handmaid's Tale it's got 14,000 reviews uh, Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone 15,000 reviews Highlands The Moon is a Harsh Mistress 625 reviews you know, Lindsay Hall's Trial by Faye is 81 reviews. Crawford's Dark King is 101. Fellowship of the Ring by Tolkien is 9,000 reviews. So that kind of gives you an idea of where these books are, how long they've been around, how long they're read, and how long they're exposed. Obviously, Handmaid's Tale gets a big boost because it's a TV show everybody loves. Um, okay. Love okay. But, but you you can look at the books and you can see where they're at review-wise, you know, just an idea. I mean, there's some with 10, 26, 12, 7, 41. It's all over the place. Yeah. But it really depends on how long is a book established, how many people are reading it. I can tell you from looking at that, a lot of people read The Handmaid's Tale. Um, the thing with mm. reviews is that the people that review are either A, either way in love with the story or way hate the story, or they are loyal people who like that author, or they follow this particular publisher because they provide the books that they like to read. And, you know, it's kind of a, you, you have to push for people to review. And that's like Ray did his promo thing. 
give me a review. I'll give you a free copy. Yeah, I basically, I mean, I, I, I bribed for reviews just in the audible sense. And it was actually, it worked out really well. Um, and that was a, a thing that I launched to do that was, hey, go review my book. I will give you the promo code. If you if you do and come back and show me a review, I'll give you the promo code for the next one. So you get the next one free, too. And then you review that and get the next one free. So my audience are stacking up like that. In terms of analytics, to bounce back onto onto that, uh, what sort of return did you get on that? Was it greater than the two to three percent that we normally see? I, I would. I've got fifty people in the program doing reviews. Fifty out of, out of like. Uh, hard to say, but I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have had those reviews. Well, had you I not just done put it. this one up. Uh, what yeah, was it? It's a hard. Month, to, it's hard from an app. Yeah, it's it's hard from a. It's hard to go. Okay. This is the, you know, I have a review list of 52 people I know did X and came back and got the code for it. But, you know, it's hard to say would I have had that many reviews had I not done it. Probably not because people don't like to review. They don't take their time and review a book. They'll give you a quick star rating. Maybe I think the star rating is 7% versus the one to three. The one yeah. to three is the actual they sit down and they write something about your book. And it's usually either your diehard fans or, or people, people really that were emotionally either attached or revolted by the book. So, yeah, they're kind of arbitrary, but they kind of they kind of help. You know, I actually I'd love to get up a whole fucking cohort of, of indie readers, a hundred of them. And just, we all do, you know, we all check each other's books and give an honest review and actually do reviews. So everybody's got a decent amount and, you know, it's informed, but well, the, I haven't the, put it together yet though. The, the problem with that though, is that Amazon tracks who is doing your reviews. If you're not careful about cutting off your, uh, your ref code on your URL that you're sending people, or if you are a documented friend with them on Facebook, they will actually pull your reviews. A friend yes. of mine was actually triggered in an audit. Um, he he writes the, the, the poems for the epigraphs for the beginning of my books. Um, my mother bought his book, reviewed it, and that triggered a review of his reviews, and he had half of his reviews pulled down. Every single one that was made by someone he was associated with on Facebook was eliminated. They're unforgiving. So there's this huge... But that's Jesus. bullshit because half of the people that I'm friends <clears throat> on Facebook, I don't know, they're just right. following me because they like to read what I write and they want to know what the right. hell I'm doing. Yes, which is totally like, yes, that's a soapbox that I stand on all the time. Like, Indies and selfies, how are we going to advertise? More often than not, it's at least 50% boots on the ground sort of advertising where you're interacting one-on-one yeah. -on -one with readers, fans, potential readers, potential fans. And a lot of times those people, if you're doing it right, follow you on fucking Facebook. So now all of a sudden there's a potential for those fan reviews to become null and void. Oh, and if, I get if, where Amazon's coming from because – are a lot of scams out there to get reviews, and I understand that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it, it's kind of like, okay, there's going overboard is what it comes yeah. down to. And they are. Yeah. Going but if people bought the book, who cares if they know you or not? And that's the kicker. If somebody they bought, bought the, book, the book, they, they have the right to review it. Review. I'm sorry, they should. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's your mom. If they bought your book, they should be able to review it. That just goes without saying. 
Well, when the 50, 50 reader threshold determines what they do with it from a, an exposure perspective, that corporate decision is going to see, I can go find uh, 50 friends and relatives in pretty short order, get a shit ton of five stars or four and a half, and then put a trash book up. That's going to hammer Amazon. And though I hate Amazon from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, I can understand their perspective. They have to protect themselves hey, against 96%, that. Ninety-six percent of the money I make off my books comes from fucking Amazon. So yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We're kind of bound to this, you know, sort of thing. But the the rules that were put in place by Amazon, where they were like, if you know this person or you have a connection yeah. with them, it's coming down, was not put in place because of the people who have. 50 reviews it was we're, being we're put working in place. for those man we are, we are working <clears throat> for, for sure that for sure yeah it but it was put in place because of these like review rings that were sort of happening where you could i know and that was, reviews, oh, okay yeah, <clears throat> yeah oh, okay. 2.99 you give them you know 50 bucks they not only buy the book but they also make money off of it and they give you a review, and it's bullshit. You shouldn't yeah. be doing that. And so now we, as indies and selfies, are suffering because of, you know, it's that whole, you know, laws get made because somebody, you know, does something wrong really big, and then oftentimes it's the little guy who ends up paying paying the price, you know, and yeah. getting audited because we're accessible and many. And Most of the publishers know. have their own little sticks <laughs> about how to get reviews. I mean, they've got a whole marketing engine in place, including yeah. a solution for getting those reviews reviews yep. so when i see a brand new book come out and i see 1200 reviews i know damn well what happened right and it's, there's a 4.8 average yeah, um, right away and that's oh, a load yeah. of shit. yeah you know yeah. that that's falsified you know that that's contrived but I, you know here i'm gonna lose this train of thought here so i have to kind of like do this Go. weird like 180 thing and and bring up something else like in terms of the the rating thing i have had two um terrible reviews happen. And one of them was, uh, Rob, you kind of touched on this whole like stars without actual text sort of thing where you're like, what the fuck did I do wrong? Um, and it's very frustrating. This same person reviewed me both on Goodreads and on Amazon, right? So on Goodreads, she just left stars, one star. I was like, okay, that's really fucking frustrating. I wish there were some context there. Now she went over to Amazon and left a review, a one star review, and actually left text. The reason she gave it a one-star review was because Great Britain had it misshelved as crime drama because they don't have my subgenre available. Uh, there is no reason that I should be shelved that way. I'm My settings are, are, are set so that I am not shelved that way. So basically, she bought my book thinking that it was crime drama, got it, realized that it was a para-thriller, and was like, what the fuck is this? This is That not happened to me, too. I've been, I have been That's missed. awesome. Yeah, yeah that just I need to make sure you guys give me all the categories your books go into, by the way. That's so a good I idea, sure. yeah. Yes. I will, because that's aggravating. But there's one yeah. other thing that has that has happened and that I have seen happen um, with, with reviews um, – on books, especially if they're only available in uh, in hard copy, if there's no no Kindle copy, is that I have seen one star reviews happen, and this is an Amazon problem, right? Um, I've seen one star reviews happen because it took too long to get the book, 
because the book showed up damaged. It has absolutely no nothing nope. to do with the content or quality of the book. But that customer is pissed off at the service that they have received from the company that is providing the book. And so therefore, I mean, whether they're idiots or not, I mean, like, I, I get maybe in some universe how you could misunderstand how you're how you're reviewing this thing that you're you think you're reviewing Amazon, but you're not. Um, but the consequence is is the same either way, regardless of whether they understand. Well, in 99 percent of the time when you go to leave a review, you're leaving it there for the company. You're leaving it there for the person that sold it. So they don't necessarily realize that you didn't produce this yourself and mail it to them on your own. Is that really true, though? I mean, yes, Amazon. It is. I have all been. Oh, yeah. There are people who years. probably do do nothing. For all of the history of selling shit online, your review is always sent toward the person that is sending the product. And the person that is sending the product is 99.9% .9 of the time the person who listed the product. I don't know if I agree with that. No, I think the only example that I can come up with that actually follows that model is eBay. Um, nope. And like the heyday of eBay was definitely aligned with leave a review. And that was that was the review of the seller, not the product. It's on but Amazon too. Amazon has independent <laughs> sellers. Craigslist has independent sellers. All there, there are Etsy, uh, Shopify. All yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not discounting the fact that you can review sellers, but I do discount the fact that that ninety percent of of purchasers are confused about who they're leaving a review for. I, I think that no. some are, but I would say that most people are fully aware of 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 what they're of what they're doing when they, when they do it. You um, must understand. Okay. The the account name that things are listed under when you review, when you review an item, it affects the seller's profile. Yeah. And that's why the reviews are left on the item. People won't realize that because it's a book, you are not responsible for the quality because the mindset is, in all other in in every other case of products unless you're a drop shipper that if the item comes to you damaged or poor quality it is the fault of the seller and that is everything except books so so glacia were you saying that 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 you had i understand the 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 uh, improperly shelved or categorized cuz i ran into that too got destroyed on one of my ratings and it was because the person would, would, had no uh, idea what it was, which is ridiculous because it's printed on the cover mm -hmm. at any rate. Um, but the, you're saying that the, the, in your experience, this person was irritated with you as the author because the book came to them dog-eared or banged up or something. They were teeing off on, on the book because of, its condition, the content, I, I mean? I have, I, have, I have been poorly reviewed for what would be called misshelving. I have a very good friend of mine who had a book basically kind of get run over by a truck, essentially, was what the photograph 
indicated. Um, and they left a one-star review on the book because the quality of the book wow. was, but was, see, was damaged. All, all other cases, unless you're a self-published author or you are publishing through a publishing company and your name is attached to the product and you have an account attached to that product, in all other cases, when you leave a review, you're affecting the company because that re that product that you have just bought came from the account that it's listed under. Everything gets shipped from either them or Amazon, and most people don't know if it's being shipped by Amazon or not, even though it says it's being shipped by Amazon. It, they don't. They really don't realize it. So they assume if something's wrong, it's your fault. They don't realize you're not printing the book and sending it out yourself. They really don't. You are. You would be surprised how dumb consumers are. I have. No. I <laughs> actually really. do have uh, something. So I do. I do have something that kind of goes to this in terms of quality. It was never actually written down uh, as a printed as a as a you know published review. Um, but if you're, you know, you, you jog my memory when you're talking about, you know, we're not the ones that print the books. I had an issue and uh, like, all, I've, I've heard this from one reader, you know, but it only takes one, right? Just like yeah. the shelving thing. Um, she did not like, um, she did not like the generic serif. Uh, typeface that, uh, that Kindle <laughs> that awesome. uses for their <laughs> ebooks, right? And so she sent it. She she's like, I, I'm I'm sorry, I can't read it. It's unreadable because I can't look at it. And I'm like, what the literal fuck? Like, if she had left a review, that would have been a one star review because she didn't like Amazon standard serif, generic serif. It's like it's very close to you know Times New, but it. I get it. It's retarded. Some of the stuff we get review wise that we're like, what? Really? Well, right one then. of the things you have to do as 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 an independent author when you're not publishing your books and you're not selling, you know, sending them out yourself is when somebody leaves a bad re review for something that you cannot control, you have to tell them. I'm sorry you didn't like it. I have no control of this issue. You need to take it up with Amazon. I, I actually, otherwise I just, they really don't know. Yeah, they they don't. That's true. But I, I see. I find it incredibly distasteful uh, to contact a reviewer, even Absolutely. if it's on the review. And no matter what it is, I think that if mm -hmm. I'm going to handle that, my responsibility is to go to Amazon and be like, "Hey guys, this person left a bogus review on my product because of something that has nothing to do with the product." Yeah. You know, you guys shelved it against my recommendations in this country. You guys are the ones who are responsible for it showing up damaged. You know, I mean, yes, but I wouldn't in a million years wouldn't dream of contacting a reviewer and ever, and never under any circumstance. No, thank and you. in the history Good or of bad. selling stuff. Because I have been, I was an eBay seller back in the day, and I had to deal with this shit all the time. When somebody left you a review that was bad, it was, you were required to respond to it and handle that issue. Because if they left you a bad review, you had to deal with it on your own. Sure. eBay is not responsible. Yeah, but that's that's no. merchandise. That's and not. That's, that's, yes, but yeah. 
that but a book is merchandise. If it is well, damaged, no, 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 hold on. It Selling doesn't a book, matter if it's a shirt or a shoe or if it's a book. If it's damaged in the eBay world, yes. But I'm talking about we don't give a shit. Or as if I'm in the eBay world selling something, a sticker or a book, I don't give a monkey's about its content because I didn't generate it. If I'm going, if I'm selling one of my books, the that my- I, then I have an IP issue now. I also have a. a a reasonable expectation that content is going to be represented properly where it wasn't to, for Glacia and, and, and neither was it in my case, but that's different. That is not really because you're missing the main key is that eBay only recently fell off and Amazon became the dominant shoppers are still in the eBay mindset. They haven't changed the way they think about leaving a review or or how they rate an issue because the eBay mindset was so ingrained in everybody that did this online shopping that when you change something as basic as a review and how it works, then it takes a while for the consumer to realize that this is their, that they're doing it wrong. Okay, hold on a second. But that, I mean, like eBay hasn't really been a thing for the last 10 years. Who are the, who is the, the, the major consumer up and coming right now? It's the 18 to 35s, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a huge part of their consumer life, if not the entirety of their consumer life that was spent outside of the eBay bubble. Agreed. Now, not necessarily. If yeah, that's eBay hasn't been all shit the time. No. I mean, eBay was a big thing for a while, and it still, and it was, it was still going pretty good up until about five years ago. But if they've been around it because their parents were on eBay, or if they had a friend, because everybody sold on eBay, like everybody, you know. So this, even the kids, that was the mindset they were set up with. And on on stores, websites, it's the same way. It's the same eBay, eBay type thing. And you were to respond to the comments that were negative because it was your job to explain to the consumer either, A, there's nothing you can do about it or whatever, or if you needed to address the issue that they were having. And that mindset stays for a very long time unless it's specifically pointed out that it's different. I, I'll give you that, right? I, I will I will give you that cultural pervasiveness of a concept is a very powerful thing. But I, I guess to kind of like go back to that, it's our responsibility to deal with, with a review because it's what people are used to. I think for me, you have to abandon that because with eBay, you're, you're, you are providing a product, yes, but really what you are providing is a service. Now we come over here to indie selfie authors in 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 Amazon. We just have a thing, and and we're not even the ones delivering it. And so I think that it's flawed to think that we are responsible for addressing issues, even if it does have to do with the condition of the book or how the book is shelved. That's still not our responsibility. The um. Uh, I'm not it, is the responsi- it is the responsibility of the service provider to deal with when there is problems with 
the service. And because we as artists, as, as the creators of, of this content, that is art, this is not something that functions like a t-shirt or a television. This is something that is consumed and it's, 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 it's objectified. And the, and, and the response is very subjective to what, you know, how people feel and what they think <clears throat> and what their opinions are. And you as a producer of art should not have to address the opinions of somebody positive or negative to the well, thing. We're kind of going off the track a little bit and I'll give you why. Um, you have to remember as an indie author, you're absolutely right. We are artists. We are purveyors of art. But once we cross the line as an indie author into publishing, we are now a business. We are now a company that provides a product to a customer. Therefore, it is our job to interface with not only the customer for customer service, but also the um, logistics specialist, in this case Amazon, to ensure our product gets to the door on time. We have now expanded our own job description because of what we're doing. The job that a publisher would do, which is track down this issue and solve it, is now on us. So we have now gone beyond just being an author and just writing a book. We are now a business. We are now a provider of a product. And we need to understand that. And in doing that, we also need to handle these issues that come up. Yeah, I think that just ran. I, I think that just ran outside my boundary because I have a publisher who would piss razor blades if Amazon did that. Right. And, well, and so, but but for a selfie or for you know, for a true indie that, I mean, do you how do you get yours into hard well, copy? See, what do you do? Ray and I have both run businesses, and the first key to to keeping customers and to selling things is to interact and to provide. A, a, a little bit of help. This book came to me badly. They don't know that you're not responsible for it. A simple, hey, I'm sorry that happened. You'll need to contact Amazon because I have nothing to do with that. But wait, no, hold on. So I, I, now do they going, know? we are going off the track. The hottest, the, I'm, I'm getting back to the review and the star rating bit, which is what we were talking about. Yes, you're talking right. about it's commerce and a, and a tangible object that you can hold in your hand I, I i'm i'm with glacia on this i'm talking about the disconnect between us as content generators and and that the separation is obvious i, I don't physically print these books i don't put them in a in a box and send them to somebody I don't even do it electronically. I have, uh, I have, I, my publisher but, does. But that is your demand. publisher's responsibility to deal with those issues. Yeah. Okay. So now, so what are you suggesting that an indie selfie that is, that was in Glacia's spot is obliged by that direct purveyor relationship to do something that I, as a published author, don't do? Well, they're okay. taking on that yes. responsibility by not getting published. Yes. You actually give up a certain percentage of your book to have that stuff handled for you, whereas mm -hmm. an author has to put on that hat. If you, you are positively responsive to people who have an issue and are giving you a shit rating just because of something that is out of your control, being polite and telling them how to fix the problem will win you loyalty and it will increase 
the number of people that will come and buy your book and increase the, the likelihood of you getting more positive reviews because they say, oh, well, this is a nice person. Let me go do this. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be pissed off at them for something that they couldn't help. And a lot of times people like that will change the review. They will yeah, they will. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But like, as this is just me personally, I, I think that I'm with Ray on this one. And I think I'm, I think this is kind of what you're saying also, JR. Yes. As, as a, as a, as an indie, as a selfie, it is something that we should be taking upon ourselves to deal with. For me, I would never, ever deal with that with a customer. It is probably my responsibility to be like, whoa, this is wrong. Amazon, hey, go yes. deal with this shit. But I, okay. still, I still would never contact the, the reviewer even to be like, hey, I'm going to take care of this. Mm -hmm. Because if I contact Amazon and go, this is bogus shit, they will deal with it. They well, will make it right with, with the reader. And, you know, I mean, if we're talking about quality here in terms of like a damaged item, that works. If if you're talking about like, you know, Rob and I have had this issue about being, you know, misshelved. That's something that's not really quite as tangible. And but, that's one of those things well, that if you give a polite answer, the person might change their review. No, and, see, it doesn't matter, though, in my opinion, because if they think it's misshelved, then they thought it was something other than what it is. And if they had known, they wouldn't have read it. So why does it matter? Yes, but that still changes the review because it's not your fault. So they can't blame you for that. They'll, they could even and you don't contact them when you're responding to a review. They have a reply. So that it's all open in the public. I still think and, that's contact. And other people can see them. Other people can see the issues. So if they have the same problem, they look, they see this review, and they see your answer, and they go, oh, okay. So then they don't even bother to leave you a bad review. They go deal with Amazon. They read the book. If they like it, they'll leave a review. Well, that's true. No, you have and a good point. If I looked you at it, a whole lot of trouble in the long run. If I looked at a review from somebody who said, uh, "I'm I'm one starring this because this thing was was misshelved by Amazon or it came with a with a, a a bonk on the corner of my book because my neighbor's truck drove over and his dog pissed on it and I'm aggravated and I'm going to one star the book." If I saw that review. It, and it's incredulous to me that somebody would be that stupid. But if they were, I would look immediately to the next review and the next review and the next review because I just looked at something that a dumbass wrote and I'm going to go right past it. I'm not going to care what they thought about anything. They've been exposed as a dumbass. I'm not interested in their opinion. If you're that stupid, do not expect me to pay the slightest degree of attention to you. But customer service is the key. This is a very customer service oriented society that we are in. And service, service and, and offering them a solution is the most important thing of a business. I don't envy selfies and indies, indies having to go through that because, and that's one of the reasons why I was a selfie for a grand total of 23 seconds and said, piss <laughs> on this. And I, I don't regret it, but there you, you do raise right. You have to wear other hats. And I, I, I understand that. I appreciate it. Um, okay. So this, this doesn't change my opinion on rate uh, on stars. I think I'm a little more malleable on rating. I, I'm excuse me on, on reviews. 
Um, yeah. I'm at the end of my time rope for the day. I've got to go, but, um, th- uh, okay. So I, I I'm going to suspend my blog about it because I, it, it, to me, that would be a one-sided rant. I, I like the perspective that I got from everybody here. <laughs> and so that helps. I'm, I hope others did too. I well, think there the are some, thing yeah. is that I'd rather see the reviews without the stars. Um, I'm good either way. Honestly, I I use it for feedback, but I mean, from a, from an author standpoint, there are places you can go out and get your book reviewed between $50 and a hundred dollars. And there are groups who will review your book for you. So there are options for gaining reviews. Yes, they are paid, but like anything else, marketing is marketing, you know, reviews are still bad business because if Amazon finds out about it, they will take all those down. there are groups out there. Oh, this, this is official. Somebody buys your book and reviews it. That is absolutely well within the Amazon license, by the way. That is yes, absolutely well within the Amazon license. They still take it down. Uh, no, like, they don't because they've actually, earlier, I've actually gone through this. There are, as long as they buy your book or they put in their review that they were paid to do this review, it is well within the license of Amazon. Just make sure they do. If you take a look at reviews, you will see in some of them it says, you know, it says I was I was paid to do this review. As long as they're doing that, that is a that is an actual tangible review. So that's okay. You need to make sure that you remind them to do that then. Yes, that's part of what you do when you get a review paid. And just real quick before everybody jumps off the screen, I wanted to give an update. We've got a lot of things happening over the next couple weeks on Authors and Chains. We've got people coming in for interviews and just to kind of give you guys who are listening an idea. We've got uh, we've got a couple of authors, you know, we're looking at for reviews. Uh, Keith D. Candido, who does the Star Trek and the Supernatural and the Aliens books, is going to come on and join us. We've got Christopher Waccio, who does the the, the Soren Empire books, is looking to come on and join us for a night. Anthony Dabransky, who does Demon and Business Class, is looking to come on and join us for a night, as well as more. So stay tuned in the future because we're going to have some great people coming on and talking about their books and how they work. Thank you for joining us at Author and Chains. Until next time. Keep up to date with the latest news, opinions, tutorials, and more. Simply visit www.authorsandchains.com Sign up for our mailing list to be one of the first to see any new information we post. Also, check out our Facebook page by searching Authors in Chains from the Facebook search bar. Last, but definitely not least, don't forget to check Twitter under hashtag Authors in Chains. If you have a topic you want to see discussed, or are interested in being on the show, or recommending someone who you think we should get on the show, contact us directly, either by going to the contact page on the website, or simply email shout at authorsandchains.com. We'll see you next week.